Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. I'm so delighted to welcome today Kate Rohan. She's a women's health coach with a special interest in menopause fitness and nutrition. She's also the founder of the Owning Your Menopause app. Kate's passionate about educating women on how to exercise at this time of life and how movement and diet go hand in hand, playing a fundamental role in managing many of the symptoms associated with menopause. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. Thanks for having me, Emma. And I can't start without uh, mentioning that uh, it's the it's the day after the uh, the London Marathon, which you you ran yesterday with how much preparation? Yeah, I had about eight weeks uh, preparation in the end. Wow! So having a basic good level of fitness to be able to then challenge myself slightly further was definitely helpful well I'll take my hat off to you uh, as I said before we we hit record um, I cannot in a million years imagine doing it myself so I'm always hugely impressed by, by those who do and um, who were you raising money for in the yeah so it was for the hospice that um, cared for my dad um, back in March so he had the hospice at home care team from St Wilfred's who were amazing call them my angels and so I couldn't say no, really. I mean, if anyone else had asked me, I might have said no. Um, but for that particular charity, it had to be a complete yes. So, yes, may not do it again, may do it again. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Yeah, everyone who does always says it's quite a magical atmosphere and kind of the crowds cheering you on, especially in that last bit where you just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And somehow that kind of carries you. Yeah carries you through to the finish line it does it does you know and you dig deep and um and get through it and you know it is it's your heart that gets you to the end not your legs before we um start talking about the the app that you've developed tell us a bit more about how and why it is that you came to to specialize in in working in the kind of the menopause area yeah I will try and keep it brief not that it's a particularly long story but essentially I started out my fitness career actually as a mum struggling to get fit after the birth of my third child. So I was obviously at home. Uh, Rupert was significantly younger than the others. Um, I had had four miscarriages before I had him, which I'm very honest and transparent about. And I just found that I couldn't find that the energy to necessarily work out. I didn't know how. Um, and, you know, I was mid-life, so I was 40. I was juggling all the things that we, we juggle at the time. Um, so I'd qualified and essentially had started to do workouts for mums that they could do at home and did that on Instagram. And then I just started to feel a little bit not really like myself um, and put it down to the fact, I mean, Rupert was a fairly sick child. He was diagnosed actually last year with a lung condition. So I guess I put it down to the thing that all midlife women is the struggles yeah. and strains of life. And I was having terrible crippling joint pains, um, terrible night sweats. And then from nowhere, just I've always had anxiety, but I started having panic attacks, um, anxiety, questioning my whole being, really, my my relationship with my husband. I felt I was a terrible mum. And I didn't really understand kind of where all these things had come from, because I think I felt happy sort of in my life but just the weirdest thing was I just didn't feel like me with all of those symptoms to kind of cut a long story short I called the doctor oh you know well it's lockdown you're probably depressed call us back in a, you know three weeks if you're still I wasn't sleeping if you're still not sleeping 
and we'll do some tests because I was having terrible heart palpitations, which of course feeds into that anxiety. You know, you're lying in bed at night. A, yeah, downward spiral, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would lie in bed at night and I would say to my husband, if I don't wake up in the morning, tell them it was my heart or tell them it was, and not that he wasn't lovely and caring and considerate, but he was like, you know, oh my God, you're worrying about another thing. So I think, again, along with with many of the symptoms that come, we begin to worry about a a lot more of our niggles. And that was definitely something that was appearing. And I then felt that the training regime that I was doing wasn't working for me. And a lot of the specifics around what I was doing was HIIT training. So um, which we know we will probably come on to later, but obviously elevating my cortisol levels even more, bringing more stress into the body. And I was like, this just isn't right. Um, Anyway, after about three months, I then did a little bit of research myself and called the doctor again, and they did do an ECG. They did do um, a chest X-ray and then they wanted to test me for asthma. And I realized I wasn't really getting anywhere. And actually, when I cried on the phone to them, they were like, we think it's depression. And I was crying through frustration. I ended up having to go privately. Um, I was very lucky to be able to do that because I know that a lot of women aren't able to and find themselves in a very dark place so I did I went privately and I was diagnosed as being perimenopausal and Mm. I thought right okay something has got to happen here because a I'm so passionate about women not reaching that stage um but hope and hopefully finding a love of exercise and diet to manage many of the symptoms and then if they are having you know, massively uh, crippling symptoms that do impact on their day-to-day life and they are able to and they want to, you know, HRT obviously is a great, I'm a great advocate for that. But I do yeah. think that the one thing around menopause conversations is it needs to be inclusive and it needs to cater for all women and you, all women can exercise and all women can eat well. You, you, as you say, you've kind of, you already had that Instagram following. So yeah. you then took that off in a in a slightly different direction for this cohort of people I and mean, obviously some maybe parents and uh yeah. menopause also you're hitting both demographics so what was it then that specifically made you think about doing doing an app and bringing all of this together was was that just sort of a logical next step on for you in terms of where where that was going yeah I I suppose it probably was because um what I what I hadn't mentioned is I'd actually been doing free Instagram workouts for four years so everything I did was free all the content was free and it wasn't that I was like right I need to charge for it what I wanted to be able to do was to help women on in a more in-depth way and obviously the only way Mm -hmm. I could do that was by giving more time and so I was like how do I do this and looked at creating an app. On the app, we work out together. I brought nutritionists in. I've got Pilates teachers. I've got breathwork experts. I've got sleep experts. So what I wanted to do was to bring in all these other brilliant women who can who could help other women manage their menopause from a holistic perspective. I've also got two GPs that come on and help. So we have sort of live check-ins where women can come on and ask questions because obviously I'm not medical. And that's the other thing I massively think we all need to do when it comes to menopause is we must stay in our lane because there is an awful lot of information out there. Great information. There's also a lot of misinformation. It can be bewildering. I think when you, you, yeah, like, who do I, who do I believe? You know, is this person trying to sell me something? How do I know that? Exactly. And it's it's terrifying. And, and, And really all I wanted was a safe space and a safe community where women could work out that that was 
basically what it boiled down to. Um, and it is wonderful. And in the morning, like this morning, there were 60 women, all faces at the screens, all there at 6.30, all championing each other on. It's wonderful because we can all type and, you know, somebody might be new. And then there's a big welcome to the community. And that's, Emma, you and I both know it is that thing. It is community. It is support. It is education. And that was really, I mean, there are so many brilliant people obviously in the space offering that yourself included. And I just thought that this app was the, was the next way to go because what I would hope for the app is that it would sit alongside any sort of menopause policy because so many brilliant companies now are being reactive and they've got a menopause policy. But what are we actually doing to that individual woman or, or how are we saying there's a menopause policy in place, but now... This is what you can do to help yourself. Yeah, it's all very well having a bit of paper, yeah. but if you don't go go beyond that. So, and actually, I think you having, like you say, that community and that kind of accountability is something that is so helpful. You know, it, it, it's really hard to do it on your own. I've certainly kind of found this where, you know, when you're accountable to someone else and, and you feel like you've got that support it does make such a huge difference and and having like you say all those kind of other elements all there in one one place that people can uh you know get that information from from experts yeah because it's, it's fantastic it's a really lonely time isn't it sometimes for some women it can be yeah, can. yeah. and that's the other thing is also is raising that positivity there so that if there is someone who isn't feeling great and they're on the community chat and they're like you know this has happened Mm. other women hop on and go oh my god I felt like that four weeks ago and I've done we've got you it's gonna be all right, <laughs> all right. And, and you know there's nothing more empowering than women supporting women and um you know all coming together and getting people through this stage of life and you talked a little bit earlier about HIIT training and the, the sort of relationship with the cortisol so it is things like sort of strength resistance training is so really impactful important at this stage of life can you explain a little bit more about why that is and also how you you know because there may be people who still want to do a bit of hit training you know how can you kind of get that right mix so for somebody especially if they're new to strength and resistance training I mean I love it but not necessarily everyone's going to be like I'm not really sure that's for me. Yeah I mean what if we go back and take it right back to the beginning what I would say is that if you've got a good level of fitness and HIT is working for you, and you're not noticing joint aches and pains, you're not noticing unnecessary weight gain, you're not feeling overly anxious, or, you know, you're not sleeping well, you don't need, you don't necessarily need to change it, is what I would say. So, you know, if you're in a good spot, and and that's all going cracking and hunky-dory, then brilliant. But perhaps if you are able to add some strength training to your HIT, that would be much more beneficial for your joints, for your um for your bones and for, you know for actually for your mental health as well so the reason i try to encourage women to lift weights is because obviously as our estrogen declines we know that we put ourselves at a higher risk of osteopenia osteoporosis because our bone density massively decreases so not only that um from around about the age of 35 we also begin to lose muscle mass um so sarcopenia being the more sort of technical word behind that And so we're kind of almost inevitably fighting against the aging process. So my thing is, what can we do at this time in order to build some good, strong foundations that take us through that stage and leave us less open to the elements of osteopenia, osteoporosis, heart disease, weight gain? 
and all of these sorts of things that generally tend to happen as we go through menopause and strength training ticks every box in that aspect it is great for your heart and a lot of people will be like you know but with hit my heart is racing if you are lifting the right amount of weights let me tell you your heart rate goes up (laughs) yep I can vouch for that (laughs) and you know um, you are then in, in that same kind of vein. You are, you know, you're exercising that heart muscle. You're building strong bones. You're working your joints, and you're building lean muscle. And again, the more muscle we have, we have a tendency to burn more calories. Again, that's something I do try and stay away from: is the calorie counting, and mm-hmm. just want women to eat and nourish their bodies really well. And you will burn fat for longer after a. So if that resting metabolic rate goes up, the more muscle mass exactly. you can build. And, and that's the other thing, kind of just coming on to that, what I do see so many women doing is that they over-exercise and they under-eat. Um, and again, that's a, that's a massive thing that we really need to um, encourage women to know that, that this isn't a time to be uh, restricting on that diet, perhaps looking at what you're eating in order to, to nourish your body. And again, as we know, with regards to our insulin can be a little bit more sporadic and those dips that we have. So it's kind of that whole package. But really, for me, you know, strength trading will build endurance, it will build strength. And whilst HIT has its absolute place, you know, it's quick, it's fast, it's effective, you can achieve just as much with with lifting weights. And, and we do have one HIT workout a week on the Owning Your Menopause app, because I know that people love it. But other than that, other than that, we do lift weights. So if people don't necessarily want to have to kind of think too much about it, the, the, the way that you've scheduled your classes in the app is is kind of what you see as an optimal kind of mix of things for people were just like I just want to turn up just tell me what to do on Monday morning it includes rest days as well because again we're so scared of resting aren't we we think if we rest our body's going to go oh you know and everything's going to fall apart and it's not again rest at this stage is so important and I think that's the one thing I really want women to understand is that by no means am I saying that this is a time that we we have to change the way we train because we're not as strong we just have to change the way we train so that we can be as strong. And that does include having more rest to repair the muscle. I mean, everybody has to rest um, regardless of yeah. that, but it will just take us a little bit longer in midlife for that reparation to happen. But that actually, you know, certainly in my 40s, I am the strongest I have been looking at how I'm training, looking at how I'm nourishing my body. And if we just go back to that marathon chat, um, <laughs> 22 years ago, I did the London Marathon. And I did it in 3.47. And yesterday, I did it in 3.47. So, you know, That's amazing. don't have to. We, we could be just <laughs> as strong as we were. And um, in fact, I spent two days in bed after the marathon when I was 24. And I'm not in bed today. So to anyone questioning themselves or worrying about any of that stuff, you know, you really can be just as strong. You've just got to get yourself there and start yeah so what's your advice to somebody who's coming into this from a maybe a situation where that you know they've just exercised or whatever has kind of dropped off their their radar they're really kind of coming into it afresh you know how can they best start to build that up in a in a kind of sustainable way yeah and that's really key there emma that you say a sustainable way because i think that a lot of women um you know we suddenly go oh i've got to work out and then we do something for two or three weeks and then we fall off the wagon and then you know things crop up we're looking after elderly parents we're caring for children we are doing so much but what I would say to anyone who is looking to get back into it or to looking to start is to be kind to yourself 
first and foremost when you go into it and don't set yourself any major big challenges or goals Mm -hmm. and I think we all talk a lot about goals and having an end goal I think when it comes to our health and well-being there is no end goal it should be something that happens every single day there shouldn't be an end point we should always be looking to nourish our body we should always be looking to get stronger we should always be looking to be more mobile and I think to that end it doesn't mean that a program finishes so I think when we when we start these things, we go, right, well, I'll do that program for six weeks and then I'll do that for this time. And then you're always looking for the next thing. I think we just have to keep going. What what does my future self look like? And, and how do I future proof my body so that I can be the strongest and the most mobile going forward and just start? And, you know, I completely appreciate there are women that might be listening and sometimes the exhaustion is just too immense and the joint aches and pains can be um, so crippling that you feel like you can't do anything. But if you are able to walk from one room to another and pick up a remote control, if you are able to put on your kettle, do that two or three times. So walk to put the kettle on, don't necessarily put it on, walk back, walk there, and build up and build up and build up. Because the more you move your body, your body will reward you. And even if you are at that place where you really feel that you can't do something, if you are able to walk from, as I say, one point to another point, you can do it. You you can just extend that. So, you know, walk for five minutes a day for one week. The following week, go for, for, for 10 minutes a day, you know, and then the next week, 15, small, slowly and building up. And you will then nourish, you know, you'll nourish everything. Your body will feel happy you'll lift that mental uh, feeling of I can't do it and that's one thing is just take that word can't out because um, and I said to my kids when they say I can't do that reframe it and say you know I'm welcoming the opportunity to be able to do this okay instead of I can't I would welcome the opportunity to be able to walk for five minutes a day I would welcome the opportunity next week to be able to walk for 10 minutes a day and then hopefully that gets that person to a place where they think yeah I got this and they can take it to the next level. And you talk a little bit about, you mentioned sort of the, the mental health aspect there as well. And I think that's another really important part of, of that kind of building in the movement is the impact on, on kind of mental health, not just on the physical health, which is kind of where we've focused on mostly, but actually it does have a really big impact. And in a way, I guess it's that sort of, you know, that virtuous circle of, okay, if, if, you, if you can manage to, to build it up and then you get that reinforcement of feeling better mentally about things and then that hopefully helps you keep keep pushing forward on the the physical side of things as well yeah I mean completely and actually fine enough you and I talking about weights earlier I do find that when you walk or when you run your brain has this amazing capacity it's rather like yoga or you know to just and you hear it in yoga classes don't you if your mind begins to wonder you know try pulling it back and then I'm like oh my god that yoga teacher knows what my mind's doing because my mind will always wander slightly in a yoga class or when you know you've got that moment of calm and what I would say about weights um, and you might might well agree is that when you are lifting and you're checking your form and you're lifting those weights you actually can't think about anything else because you're so intent on getting that weight up and lifting it and have I got a nice strong core is my back you know in the right place so that I avoid injury am I squeezing my shoulder blades together correctly in the zone zone. (laughs) and you've actually managed to switch off and you've given yourself that you know 30 to 40 minutes because again these workouts don't need to be long 30 to 40 Mm. minutes of self-care 
And I always say to the women when we're exercising, we, this is your time here. This, all you're asking from everybody is that 30 to 40 minutes now, and then you can step out of the room and go and face the day. And it gives you that mental boost first thing in the morning. And there is, there's, you can't compensate for feeling strong. Um, you, know, you, you can't necessarily see strong, but you can feel it in your own individual self. And that massively massively helps with those endorphins and certainly with that mental well-being i think that's a good point you make about the only needing to find and i say only yeah. it's you know sometimes it can still be difficult is that sort of 30 40 minutes you know it doesn't have to be an hour a day every day kind of actually that's that's enough to make quite a big impact in half an hour i mean i saw someone the other day write a comment on someone's story saying you know i'm not making any case i'm working out for one to two hours a day and i'm like I'm not surprised. You'd be exhausted. You can't work out for one to two hours a day and expect to make any progress. And that is the thing. If you find something that is effective and efficient, we all our workouts are six thirty. We're done by ten past quarter past seven. It is a bit of a kick, bollock, and scramble by that time then to you know get Rupert ready for school and get him out of the house. <laughs> and but but we've got it down to a fine art. And then you're done. And, and like I say, you leave and you feel nice and strong. But absolutely, if so, if someone's listening to this and they're working out for you know endless amounts of times and they're not seeing the results, then I, I would suggest that you really look at how efficient your workouts are. And then just to be clear, that do people have to join that morning slot or can they replay it later? It can be replayed later. Yeah, I've got lots okay. of people in the States. We've got people in Dubai. So we've got people from all over, um, which is great. And it, it, everything is saved. But you obviously get all the kind of the, the chat and the community feel if, you, if you're if you an early bird and you, yeah. you get up and do that. And also, the, the reason I love to encourage people to do that, obviously, if they are able to, because of the time zones, is it just means that it's done because I I mean I how many of us put our gym kit on with absolutely all the best intentions in the world only to get to raise hands <laughs> only to get to three o'clock and it's we're still there in our gym kit and then it's you know school pick up wind down time and the day has yeah I I know that if I don't do it first thing in the morning it's probably not going to happen <laughs> yes realistically you know even though as you say it is a, it's a little bit of a scramble just to kind of fit everything in have worked out a system now where my husband gets up earlier he gets his workout in then he makes all the packed lunches while I do my workout <laughs> like shout at one child are you ready to go it's gonna go earlier now but yeah that's brilliant you've got you, you we have to try and make it work and you know there's a brilliant thing we we don't all have the same 24 hours in in a day um, but we all have the opportunity to optimize our well-being and it's and it's how we go about doing that that, that really begins to count, especially if we go through midlife and we are juggling so much. I think the more that I think about things in this space, the more that I see that kind of going through this transition is a real kind of metaphorical kick up the backside. And it, it is that kind of almost the red warning light going off on the dashboard going that you need to start prioritizing yourself you think about you know what you want the next 50 years to look like and certainly talk to a little bit about this to other people you know I have parents now who are in the mid to late 70s and have a raft of issues around mobility and serious illnesses and obviously there's no guarantee but I can, to a certain extent, like you were talking about future proofing, you know, there are things that I can do now 
And yes, you know, on a Monday morning, if it's cold and dark, I don't necessarily want to do those things. But it's, I think, more and more that motivating force of thinking when I'm 75, I don't want to not be able to get up off the floor or to walk across the Sainsbury's car park or whatever uh, with my shopping. And it's a real, it's a real thing, actually. And, and, and also, though, that's the other thing. I mean, it becomes habit, you know, as well. So the more you do it, it then that, that cold, dark morning, you won't even notice the cold, dark morning because your body's gone, boom, and you're out, you're out, and you're up. On you're autopilot. Up. autopilot. <laughs> then it's, it's like brushing your teeth. It's like going to the loo. Your body just wants to do it. And, um, you know, so it's building that habit through consistency. And at the risk of sounding very smug, you do get a bit of an endorphin rush, especially with the weights, certainly, I find. Maybe not so much with the yoga, although that's more kind of calm zen. Yes. But definitely, definitely with the strength training, you know, you do really feel like you can just go out there yeah. and kick some butt. Yeah. So I recommend it. Yeah. Makes me less <laughs> shouty. That's what that's what I found because I'd be like, and then it's all done, and then you can come into the room and 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 just be be present and stop. Nothing like throwing some seven and a half kilogram weights around to <laughs> exactly get rid of some of that excess. Uh, yeah, rage. <laughs> I think I think my children are quite scared of me when they see me doing you know the squat thrusts with a and such a good example to them though as well, right? Because you know I think that's the other thing what everyone's you know what we're all trying to do as well is to be that you know the the generation to sort of make this menopause matter and going forward but what a good example we are to our kids as well because I don't know about you I wasn't and actually I just funny enough saw a school report looking for a picture I wasn't overly sporty at school and 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 I think it's the same now in the A's or the B's you feel very underrepresented but actually as I say to, to my kids, look, you can still be fit and strong. You don't necessarily have to be part of a, a team if that's not the right thing for you. You can go and lift weights. You can go to the gym. You can go for a run. So you can do things on an individual level. Um, yes, working out, you know, in and in having that camaraderie can be really nice. But if you're told that you, you know, you're not very good at it, find something that you are good at, right? And that's actually the other thing about lifting weights is who's there to tell you you're not good at it? Because everybody can lift weights. You know, so it's not it's, this isn't something that you you can't do. This is something that you have the opportunity to do. Um, we, we can all lift. It's we're lifting every yeah. day. Um, and actually, for me, I think the being able to to do that in my own home, in my own space and feel because gyms can be a bit intimidating, very intimidating. But, you know, let's get that out yeah. there, especially, uh, you know, if you're new. But I think that's. I think that's the reason that I have continued to do it for nearly two years now is, is what well, a, the convenience of doing it at home. I do not have a big living room. Trust me. You know, there's and my kid is while I'm working out, sat behind me usually on, on, on the tablet doing something and looking at me. So, you know, it's not, <laughs> don't get any ideas. I, you know, it's not a, it's not a glamorous workout space, but the, the convenience and actually that psychological safety of like well no one's looking at me apart from the 12 year old and he doesn't care so I think that's definitely um something that that has helped me and and hopefully presumably with the app as well you can doesn't really matter where you are as long as you've got your phone you you can work out anywhere and I do I taught when I was away all through the, the summer I carried on teaching when I was on holiday so no we are committed as well to providing 365 days of working out and actually coming back to that, you were saying your son, you know, there on his tablet, I think, again, an, another thing that a lot of us do is um, have that guilt about, um, you know, 
while we're working carving out, out the time. What are they going to do? Yeah. Give your kids the remote control, a bag of popcorn, chocolate, a, a phone, an iPad, whatever it takes to give you 30 to 40 minutes for your time because they'll love you for that anyway if you're if you're giving them all of that you'll feel amazing when you come out of the room having had a workout and it just makes for a happy time so I think that's thing it's a win-win situation (laughs) and and we you know we'll be happier parents for it I promise you so Kate I'll pop a link to uh, find out more about owning your menopause in the show notes and yeah I don't know any other any kind of last tips I guess for anyone who's who's just a little bit like "Mm, how do I motivate myself I'm not feeling I'm not feeling brilliant about myself I think that you have to know that wherever you are in how you are feeling it really can get better and um, I'm a testament to that Um, I was very much in the low of the low I really didn't think that it was worth doing a lot of what I was what I was doing you question every ounce but with committing to just taking time for you putting in some exercise eating well you really can transform um this time of life and I think that's the thing is that this is the most positive time to shed the drama to reframe everything and reinvent yourself and if you're unhappy doing something you can change that and only you have the power to change that so don't look for the external things um, around you. Sit with where you are and think, how do I, how do I change that? And, um, and go out and do it because you can. Kate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.